Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of The Road to Reality, featuring the teaching ministry of K.P. Yohannan, the founder and director of GFA. Now, here's K.P. with today's message. I'm sure you'll agree. Often, our knowledge and our experience are in two different worlds. And here's a guy who spent years of learning and researching and finally getting a PhD in theology. But then his personal journey, his experience of becoming godly, <laughs> is just far from the things he know. So you see, often in Christianity, we have this problem of knowing and becoming. It just don't mix. And that's the reason why, when you think about it, you know, the sad study just recently came out, 84% of young people that grows up in evangelical homes and our churches leave the church when they leave home. I'm, you know, I'm almost certain that you heard about it. I mean, here you are. Young people that are hearing so many teachings, so many sermons and Sunday school and youth groups and this and that, everything in the world. But when they leave home to go to college and their career or whatever else, over 80% will quit going to any church. And the study shows that in another 20 or 25 years, many of these young people will struggle to find their way back to some church that makes sense with God and knowing God personally. I, I don't know if I'm making sense with all these things, but the, the idea is here that we have a real genuine crisis in Christianity. That is, you turn the radio on 24 hours. We have preachers, um, continually preaching everything under the sun you can imagine or you want. Yet, our lives remain so shallow that we just don't have the authority nor the presence of God in our personal life. In other words, lacking godliness. Pharisees had all the knowledge. You know that. They knew the Bible quite well. As a matter of fact, devil... Um, knows the Bible far better than any theologian anyway. And um, he's not missing any church meetings either. He's absolutely disciplined. But that is not going to make him godly, having the life of God. And for me, in my personal uh, struggle and pursuit to know God, I realized that it is extremely important that understand the meaning of godliness and hunger after God. And reading the lives of the early church fathers and desert fathers and some of these people that, you know, <laughs> they longed for God, not for anything from him, but for God himself. That became a challenge, a roadmap for me also to follow the Lord. And, and the Bible gives clear guidelines. But let me say this. A shift seems to be taking place in the reflections of men and women on godliness and knowing God. And that is happening now like never before.
There is a growing awareness that external things, materialism, superficial experience, worldly success are not what our spirits long for, nor will we ever be truly satisfied with them. Rather, our spirits hunger after spiritual realities that will not be quenched with mere words or correct doctrines and the truth without real life. I'm certain you will agree if you think about it. The current Christianity, which is for the most part is based on self, has lost its ability to influence society and be what God truly intended. God never intended for us to become servants and workers and, you know, achieving great things. I mean, those all, not a bad idea, but his greatest longing is for us to become like his son. And that is godliness. Instead of living simple, devout, quiet and godly lives, like salt and light permeating society, the church has too often turn to worldly, fleshly, and carnal means to effect change. I never forget reading in a national magazine about a church in one of the major cities, the senior pastor boasting, saying that we offer better facilities than anything the world can offer. And he talked about all the gymnasium and the equipments and all the stuff and music and all the stuff they offer. You know, I'm not against these things. That's not the issue. The issue is, would we want draw people for the things they can get or entertainment or benefits or new ideas and teachings about how to be wealthy and happy and achieve the heights of positions and power in this world or is it for them to see Jesus? I mean, think about it. I mean, this is no joke. In, in some places, people gather because of a brilliant teacher, a preacher. But, you know, it, it's like one of those places where I was invited to speak some years ago and... Um, and found out they didn't want to announce the guest speaker's name nor about the senior pastor not going to be uh, speaking that Sunday. And to my utter shock, I found out a significant percentage of the church members never showed up. Later, I will learn if the senior pastor announced that he was not in town, up to 40% of the people may not show up. Think about it. So you ask the question, what on earth was the reason for these people coming to church? Was it to hear a man and get brilliant exposition and knowledge about the scripture and the sound they'd never had before? Or is it was for the music and the entertainment? You see, we have come to the place somehow we are missing that we go to church not to be entertained and hear some brilliant man talk to us and enlighten us. Rather, it is to meet the living Christ. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The audience is God, not anyone else. And this I say, even in the midst of this massive confusion in the 
so-called Christianity, in the midst of this confusion and darkness, there are people that are brave. They are seeking for deeper healing through humility and godliness. And in the midst of this multitude that are going after stuff for themselves, there are people that are discovering that an independent spirit and avoidance of pain and suffering are not the means to find that life abundant. Their spirits thirst for the living God as a deer pants for the stream and they will not be satisfied until they drink from the fountain of living water. In all my travels, I run into people constantly in the midst of multitudes, some that are desperately hungry for godliness. They want to know Jesus. There is a glimpse of another world in their eyes. You know, kind of reminds me of my mother growing up in the tiny village. There was something about her eyes when, you know, she read Bible verses and recite those verses and the time she prays and the words she said, I often remember as a young boy, I said, what is wrong with my mother? She kind of walk around like she's not here. But only as I grew older, I realized her intense, intimate walk with the Lord. As though, I mean, she lived with her husband and six sons, but there was something about her um, demeanor that was so incredibly gentle and godly. And she longed so much to be like Jesus. And she's kind of an example for me of these people are running to, they're walking on earth, but they are not really here. There is an air about them that kind of reminds me of the saints down through the ages. People like Saint Augustine and Saint Francis of Assisi and Watchmany and Sadhu Sundar Singh, A.W. Chaucer, and so many that truly understood what it means to be godly and Christ-like. And here and there you will find these who follow the Lamb, they gather to feed on God's Word and mutual encouragement. They choose to surrender their wills to God's authority. They feel the same unworthiness that Job did when he met God. And these are people. They embrace suffering and have no will of their own. The only way of truly being His. They are resigned from being independent and do whatever they want to do. Their goal is not to get whatever they want, but their life is completely surrendered to their master. A few years ago when the Lord uh, impressed upon my heart to um, study and read and meditate on this subject, that's when I came to the conclusion that without genuine surrender and submission, we will not understand the way of godliness. And um, often we are looking for uh, spiritual realities without understanding that the way of godliness truly is the way through surrender and no other way we can achieve that. 
This is what A.W. Chaucer said one time. Let me read this for you. Listen to this. Throw yourself recklessly upon God. Give up everything and prepare yourself to surrender even unto death all your ambitions, plans, and possessions. And I mean quite literally. You should not be satisfied with the mere technical aspect of surrender, but press your case upon God in determined prayer until a crisis has taken place within yourself and there has been an actual transfer of everything from yourself to God. These are words written by A.W. Chaucer in his book, Keys to Deeper Life. And the subject of surrender or submission is something that, especially in our culture here, we don't want to talk about. But without this, we will not understand godliness either. Because that's the way Jesus lived. It says that he learned obedience through suffering. And so for our Lord to understand what it means to live for his Father and fulfill the call of his Father, this was never possible if he sought to live for the world and the same time for his Father. No, he must be different. And my encouragement to you is to if somehow possible, get hold of this book titled Touching Godliness and I talk about it in depth. It's about you know, 210 pages or so long, but it took me six years since the time the Lord told me to you know, learn this and, and test this out and I look back over 40 years of my journey with the Lord I realize this was one of the journey uh, that the Lord in His grace and mercy allowed me to take learning about godliness and his ways. And many look on such lives like people I mentioned from the ancient and desire this sense of well-being and purity that comes from touching godliness. Sometimes they see it from far. Others find it so close they can almost taste it. You know, I remember when I was a younger Christian meeting some you know, incredibly godly people. And I so desperately want to be like them because I could feel it. But it will be a determined walk to understand and walk in those realities. And even times like this, it, it seems it is so within our grasp. But then, watching godly people and their <laughs> the beauty of their inner life that is not going to be the answer we need to personally experience and journey into that and how do we do that just by looking at it or reading bible verses obviously we are not able to partake of this beauty and freshness that we see in godly people or in their journey that we read in the scripture our spirits may long for such a godliness, yet, think about it, often it is our unwillingness to let go and surrender keeps the door closed 
and we stand on the outside still wishing. Don't you agree? We live in the day of individualism and searching and seeking for self-discovery and fighting for liberation and and power and and being free and make everything work so that we are comfortable. Hmm. If the authorities God placed over us fail, what we do? We simply get together and vote and replace them. We don't like the pastor or the leader. <laughs> the people have the ability to change them. Why? Everything is measured by how all these things cater to us. That is our problem. But, believe me, but as I said earlier, a new wind is blowing. The message of surrender and submission and godliness basically is something new and fresh that I see uh, hunger in the lives of so many in all my travels. And these few people, these minority are called, well, sometimes I say the mighty minority. These are followers of the Lamb and something about them that is a life of submission and surrender. There is a deep sense of humility and loneliness that you find about them. At home, at work, in church, in society, they manifest a quiet and gentle spirit. Everything about their lives is marked by grace and love. If they err, they err on the side of grace, not legalism. There is a rebellion in their attitude. They are like their master, the Lamb, who lived a life of absolute surrender and submission to his Father. And our time is running away. But let me conclude by saying this to you. Bible is given to us so that we may become like the Lord Jesus Christ. The Pharisees studied it, explained it, taught it, wrote commentaries on it. But Jesus said, your problem is that you are all lost because you think by knowing this information, you will know God. But Jesus said, the problem is you don't understand the scripture testifies of me. Your longing is not all the do's and don'ts and all the stuff that you need to know. No, the objective, the reason for the word of God is for us to see Jesus, who he is, and follow him and become like him. And of the many things Jesus said about himself, one of the most significant, if not the most significant thing he said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, the last part, I am humble, I am broken. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And that is the reason why his life was so used by the Heavenly Father, like a seed that fell into the ground and died and become the reason for the redemption of the whole world. We are living in a time where at least some two billion people are waiting to hear 
the good news that Jesus died on the cross for them. He was buried, he rose again. There is hope. But then, what is the hindrance? What is the problem? It is God looking and searching for people, for you and for me, to live as Jesus lived, so he can once again communicate his love for those in our generation. It begins with our life, in our family, in our neighborhood, and that is the beauty of being like Christ. May the Lord give you grace and lead us. Amen. You've been listening to The Road to Reality with K.P. O'Hannon. K.P. has been crisscrossing the globe for decades, challenging the church to be more like Jesus in their worship and service unto the Lord. If you'd like to learn more about The Road to Reality and the ministry of GFA, please visit us online at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. And then join us for our next podcast when KP will offer more biblical encouragement to help you grow in your relationship with God and live to honor Him along the road to reality.